You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Saturday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. Today on the podcast, we are going to start off with a celebration of sorts, and then I want to work through the superlatives for the 2021 season. And I handed out those superlatives before the season, and so I want to reflect on how that turned out and then give you the final answer for what I think the superlatives should have been based on what actually happened during the 2021 regular season. And those superlatives are breakout guy, comeback kid, rising star, don't forget about, needs to rebound, dark horse MVP, and under the radar. And so through this process, I am going to share a lot of information that I haven't really got to on the podcast throughout the course of the season because we live week to week and we reflect on a game that happened. We get ready for a game that's coming, and that process continues to repeat itself, and we don't really have many opportunities to take a broad look at the entirety of the season. And so I thought today would be a great opportunity to do that as the Bills prepare to play their 17th game of the season tomorrow. And as we know, the NFL regular season has typically been 16 games, and so we have a 16-game sample size to reflect on. And then as soon as this game's over and we're done reflecting on it, it's time to get ready for the playoffs. And so this was kind of that one opportunity to do this, and that's what we're doing here today. But first, let's start with a celebration. Three years ago today, I took over as the host of the Lockdown Bills podcast. My first show was on January 8th, 2019. And since then, We have done 763 podcasts together. Since then, 875,000 different people have listened to at least one episode. Not total listens, but 875,000 different people have pushed play on Lockdown Bill since I became the host. I am completely humbled. This podcast has absolutely changed my life. And I'm just so thankful for everyone who has ever listened because without your support and willingness to consume this podcast, it doesn't exist. And I'm very grateful. And something I like to do as I reach milestones in things that I do is reflect back on the journey, which is, first of all, absolutely nowhere near ending. I plan on doing this podcast until somebody kicks me off. So don't worry, I'm not going away. But I remember how nervous I was to start doing this. My understanding of Bill's talk was what I heard from callers on WGR, what I read in the Buffalo Bills message boards, and what I saw on social media. And as I reflect on those things, I remember having a very different perspective on the team So I wasn't very sure on how I would be received, especially during the drought years. 
but I always wanted to do something regular to cover the Bills in addition to the work that I do covering the NFL draft, which is what I do full time. And I got to tell you, I am glad I did. Bills Mafia, you guys have been so kind to me. You have embraced me in such a kind way. The DMs that I get, the emails, the in-person interactions I've had with so many of you are very, very special to me. And I can't wait to do more in-person things next year. I thought we did some fun stuff this year in person. Next year, I plan on doing a whole lot more. But I mean this in a good way, and I want everyone listening to know this. I feel deeply burdened to do my very best for you every day. I don't want you to ever push play on Locked On Bills and not feel like it brought value to you and it wasn't worth your time. I hope your experience as a Buffalo Bills fan is enhanced by consuming this podcast, and I'm going to keep working very hard to do my best to make sure that that's true. You guys, the listeners, you fuel me so much. It's daunting to do a daily podcast on a single team year-round. But I know what you guys demand. I know what Bill's Mafia demands, and that is the very best. And I know what this football team means to you. And I recognize the opportunity that I have to do this podcast and add value to your fandom, and I hope that will always be the case. Even if we disagree on something, I hope that we can learn from each other and have good conversations. So simply put, thank you. This has been an incredible experience. I'm so glad I get to be the host of this podcast. This podcast has changed my life. So here's to a great fourth year on the job. And whether this is the first episode you have ever listened to, the 50th, the 200th, the 400th, the 500th, or the 763rd episode that you've listened to, thank you. So let's do a giveaway to celebrate. I'm going to give away three hats from fanatics.com, any Buffalo Bills hat that you want. And we're going to have a drawing. And the way that you can enter the drawing is two ways. First, anyone who leaves a five-star rating and brief review that says what you like about the podcast on Apple Podcasts between now and the end of the day on Tuesday, January 11th, you will be entered into a drawing. And like I said, three people will win the hat of their choice from fanatics.com. If you've done one since December 1st of 2021, you're automatically in. There's no reason for you to do anything. You're automatically in. If you've done one prior, you can update it and be entered. The other way to enter, because I'm going to assume that not everybody has Apple Podcasts or uses Apple Podcasts. I personally listen to podcasts on Spotify. So another way that you can enter is to do either a tweet or a Facebook post on your own personal handle that shares the podcast with an Apple or Spotify link that says something along the lines of, if you are a Bills fan, you have to check out the Lockdown Bills podcast. That's it. And then just shoot me an email, joe at thedraftnetwork.com, with a screenshot of you doing that. And again, do that by the end of the day on Tuesday January 11th. And so we'll have a drawing on Wednesday, January 12th, 
We'll do it on Instagram Live like we did last time we had a contest. So make sure you're following me on Instagram, the underscore Joe Marino, 9 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, January 12th. That's when we'll do the drawing. And um, three of you are going to win the Buffalo Bills hat of your choice from fanatics.com. And so this is going to be the only mention of this contest that I will make on the podcast. I'm not going to hype this up or explain it beyond right now. So leave the review or do the social media post, and I'll see you Wednesday night for the drawing. Again, January 12th, 9 p.m. on Instagram Live. The underscore Joe Marino is the account to follow. And I'll have my wife on there, and we'll have some fun. We'll chat for a bit, and then we'll do the drawing. And you don't have to be present at the drawing to win. I will share the Apple ideas and or social media handles of the winners on the Thursday podcast next week, and you can get back in touch with me to claim your prize. So there it is. That's the contest. Go back and rewind if you need to hear that again, because that's the last time I'm going to mention it on the podcast as a thank you for everyone who tuned in today. Also, stay tuned for a major announcement next week, probably on Wednesday. And it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with this podcast, but it is significant and I cannot wait to share it with you. Hey, Bills fans, this is Joe Marino with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, GetUpside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar, and Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it. You want to eat healthy, but it gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they have great nutrition facts. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They are healthy for you. They taste delicious and they help you eat healthy. And they have so many great flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors. So check out built.com often to see what is new. And of course, I have a deal for you. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Let's dig into these superlatives. I'm excited about this. And so, like I mentioned at the opening, I want to work through each superlative tell you what my pick was before the season, reflect on that answer, 
and give you the updated answer based on what actually happened in the 2021 regular season. So the first one is breakout guy. And my answer was Dawson Knox. And you guys remember the big conversation we had all offseason long about tight ends. And so many people wanted the Bills to trade for Zach Ertz. And they wanted them to sign Jonu Smith. And they wanted them to maybe draft one in the first round or early in the draft because the tight end was missing and Dawson Knox was inconsistent. And I clinged hard to the idea of continuing with Dawson Knox because I thought he would have a great season. And so I had to stick with him as my breakout guy. And I have to tell you that my final answer, I'm sticking with Dawson Knox. Let's reflect on the season that Dawson Knox had. He led NFL tight ends with nine receiving touchdowns. He was 15th among NFL tight ends in receiving yards. And that includes missing two games with a broken hand. Dawson Knox caught 70.8% of his targets, which is up from 58.6% last year. Here's the big one. Josh Allen's passer rating when targeting Dawson Knox was 128.7, which is the highest in the NFL among tight ends. No tight end had a better passer rating when targeted in the entire NFL than Dawson Knox. 128.7 up from 97.8 in 2020 and in 2019 it was 84. I also love this one. Dawson Knox's contested catch rate was 53.8%, which is up from 39%, which was his combined contested catch rate in 2019 and 2020, up to 53.8%. Dawson Knox had the breakout season I hoped he would have and had one of the best tight end seasons in the history of the Buffalo Bills and one of the best tight end seasons in the NFL. And so when I think about other contenders, Ed Oliver deserves a mention, but I think this was Dawson Knox's superlative to claim. The next one, comeback kid. My answer in the preseason was star low to Lele. And I think he's the final answer too. And what I think this really comes down to is who else? Who else was a comeback player this year? The only other candidate was Cody Ford. And obviously, he doesn't deserve the award. So Star is the winner. And I understand, and I think that there is a level of disappointment with Star's availability throughout the season. And certainly, we've enjoyed Harrison Phillips and his ascension and how he's rightfully eaten away at Star's playing time. But the Bills don't really have a strong contender outside of him. And we do need to be reminded that there have been times this season where I think collectively we felt very satisfied with Star. And so he is the winner, and that's because I don't think that there's really anyone who has a claim or even close to a claim. The next superlative was Rising Star, and my choice in preseason was Gabriel Davis. And Gabriel Davis had a good year. I think he was a better player this year than his rookie season, despite his numbers being very, very comparable. 
And I want to give you some numbers that I think say a lot about his growth. Again, catches, yards, touchdowns, pretty close this year to last year. But where you can find some exciting growth, first of all, is target efficiency. Was 54.9%. In his rookie season, it went up to 66.7%. So the amount of targets that Gabriel Davis had that turned into catches jumped notably over 10%. His drop rate improved drastically. His drop rate as a rookie, 11.4%. That's down to 3% this year. That's significant. And here's the other one, contested catch rate. The rate in which Gabriel Davis won contested catches as a rookie was 25%. That's a very low number. This year, 75%. And so while the raw data in terms of receptions and yards and touchdowns, pretty similar this year compared to last, but his target efficiency, his drop rate, and his contested catch rate all improved dramatically. And so I won't do this for any other superlative, but I could be convinced that there are many acceptable numbers for the rising star category. Gabriel Davis is still a good answer. I think Ed Oliver is a perfectly acceptable answer. He had a great season. He grew tremendously, and I think stabilizing the one technique was critical for Ed Oliver to really come into his own, and the way he's playing off of Harrison Phillips right now is really good. Dawson Knox, I think, is definitely an acceptable answer here for Rising Star. Had one of the best seasons of any NFL tight end this year. Spencer Brown. This guy has unbelievable traits, and while he's been up and down, the fact that he was able to claim a starting role relatively quickly in his rookie season despite his background and to play at a level where we were concerned if he wasn't in the lineup, that says a lot about him, and I think he's a rising star in the NFL. It's hard to start as a rookie offensive lineman. It's even harder to start when you're from northern Iowa and only have two years of playing experience in your life at offensive line. This guy has as good of physical traits as any offensive lineman in the NFL. And he became a year one starter and made an impact on a really good offense. I could also be convinced that Greg Rousseau is a rising star. Became a day one starter for the best defense in the NFL. Played the run well and had some very flashy moments as a pass rusher. And so the good news here is there are several acceptable answers, in my opinion. Gabriel Davis, Ed Oliver, Dawson Knox. Spencer Brown or Gregory Rousseau. I don't feel convictions about any one of them being the definitive answer. And so I'll put my palms in the air and say, I'm good with any of those choices. As far as the next superlative goes, it was don't forget about, and my preseason answer was the interior back seven guys. And I'm pretty satisfied with that answer. And anytime that I get to hype up Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde and Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano, I'm going to do it. I thought it was a very important reminder for us to have going into the season how good those four players are. Those interior back seven guys play off each other so well. They space the field. They play fast. 
and they make big plays. And they did that this year. But my final answer, based on what we saw happen in 2021, is actually going to be Levi Wallace, Taron Johnson, and Dane Jackson. I miss Trey White, folks. I miss him big time. Love watching that guy play football. He's a difference maker. But we have barely talked about him since the injury, outside of the injury and what the immediate impact would be. These corners have stepped up in a big way. Levi Wallace, Taron Johnson, Dane Jackson. Levi Wallace brought back on a one-year deal. A lot of people completely unsatisfied with him as a starter going into the season. Taron Johnson was benched last year and had some struggles. He's been exceptional this year and earned a contract extension. And Dane Jackson, in his first real opportunity to have extended playing time in the NFL after being a seventh-round pick out of Pitt last year, came in and stabilized this cornerback room. So yeah, I miss Trey White, but we cannot forget about the way these guys have played and stepped up. I think the best way that I can give you a metric to really validate how well these guys have played is by giving you their passer rating and coverage. What opposing quarterbacks were able to achieve in terms of passer rating against their coverage. Taron Johnson, 71.8 passer rating allowed. That's 18th best in the NFL among cornerbacks. That's better than Jalen Ramsey. That's better than Kenny Moore. That's better than Darius Slay. All three of those players, pro bowlers. Levi Wallace, passer rating against him, 80.7, 32nd in the NFL. Now keep in mind, pretty much every team has three corners that chart on this. So you're talking about near 100 corners. Levi Wallace, a top third player. And I want to go ahead and mention Dane Jackson, 85.7 passer rating against his coverage. That's 46th. Top half of the league corner in terms of passer rating against their coverage. Both Wallace and Jackson, they have passer rating against their coverage better than Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, and Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore over 100 passer rating against his coverage. He's a pro bowler. The Bills' pass defense in general this year was unreal. And so while I just talked a lot about Wallace and Taron Johnson and Dane Jackson, this really extends to Poyer and Hyde and Milano and Edmonds with the data that I'm about to share with you. The Bills' pass defense in general was unbelievable this year. Let's look at some of the data. The Buffalo Bills' pass defense, number one in the NFL this year, and yards per game allowed. Only gave up 173 yards per game through the air. Number two, Carolina at 184. The Bills' pass defense was number one in passer rating allowed at 65.3. Number two, the New England Patriots at 72.4. The Bills' pass defense number one in fewest passing touchdowns allowed this year with 11. The Rams number two at 15. This one's crazy. The Bills pass defense number one in adjusted net yards per attempt at 3.9. The Patriots number two at 4.4. 3.9 
adjusted net yards per attempt against the Bills' pass defense. That would be number three in the NFL for run defense in terms of yards per carry. The Saints were number one at 3.7. Seattle, number two at 3.8. Run defense. The Bills' pass defense would be the third best run defense in the NFL in terms of yards per play. That's insane. 3.9 yards per attempt adjusted, which includes lost yardage for sacks. So passing plays against the Bills' defense this year only yielded 3.9 yards per play against the Bills' pass defense. That is ridiculous. So yeah, don't forget about how good this Bills' pass defense is and the job that Taron Johnson, Dane Jackson, and Levi Wallace did stepping up for Trey White after he suffered a season-ending injury. BetOnline would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. BetOnline remains the number one spot for all the sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, and Bet Online is where the game starts. All right, we've got a few more superlatives to get to. The next one is needs to rebound. In my answer in preseason was the run game. And folks, it has. The Bills have run the ball well this year. And I know that Josh Allen accounts for a lot of it. But it's still rushing production. It matters. Let's look at how it has rebounded. In 2021, the Buffalo Bills have the number six rushing offense in the NFL at 127 yards per game, up from 107 yards per game, which was 20th. So they went from 20 to 6 in rushing yards per game. In terms of yards per carry, the Bills are fourth in the NFL this season at 4.8 yards per carry, up from 4.2 last year, which was 21st. So they go from 21st in the NFL in yards per carry in 2020 to fourth in 2021. And they have 19 rushing touchdowns, which is eighth most in the NFL this year, up from 16 rushing touchdowns, which was 17th last year. So they go from 20 to 6 in yards per game, 21 to 4 in rushing yards per attempt, and 17 to 8 in rushing touchdowns. So the run game has rebounded. But my final answer here, in terms of what needs to rebound, is the ability to win close games. I'm not sure if you guys saw this tweet that came out this week, but somebody put out a tweet where it gave the record of every NFL team if every single one-score game had the exact opposite result. And if that were true for the Buffalo Bills, they would be 15-1. and one. The Colts would be the number two seed in the AFC at 12-4. and four. It's not that simple, but the point remains. The Bills are 0-5 in one-score games this year. 
They've played 16 games. They got killed by the Colts one time. They killed their opponent 10 other times. And then we're 0-5 in one-score games. Those five losses by a combined 23 points, which is disappointing because they were 5-1 and one in one-score games in 2020. And so the Bills had their chances in all of those games, but they couldn't come through. And so I think needs to rebound is the Bills' ability to win close football games. The next one is Dark Horse MVP. In the preseason, I said interior pass rush. And I'm not sure that that wound up being the case. Ed Oliver had a good season. But Justin Zimmer, obviously, his season was cut short. Vernon Butler hasn't provided anything. I don't think they have gotten much in terms of edge players reducing inside and rushing interior gaps. Certainly, F.A. Obata had some flashes in that area. But for the most part, I don't think that the interior pass rush showed up in the way that I hoped it would this year. My final answer, based on reflecting on the 2021 regular season, in terms of dark horse MVP, I'm giving it to Mitch Morse, the Bills' starting center. I mean, he's had a really good season in a very tough spot. How many different offensive line combinations has Mitch Morse dealt with this season? Now, he's been there every game, but pretty much the rest of the lineup has been different almost every week. How many different guards have played next to him? And we talk about how the offensive line is five people working together, working as one unit. And when the pieces around you are different on a weekly basis, it's hard to do that. But Mitch Morris has performed at a high level this year. He's number nine in the NFL among centers for pass blocking efficiency. And the offensive line is peaking right now. I think we can all agree that the last two games from this offensive line have been their best of the season. And so we like where it's headed entering the playoffs. And we cannot overlook the role that Mitch Morse has played as the team's starting center with all the moving parts around him to play at a high level and help stabilize this unit at the right time. The last thing that I want to get into in terms of superlatives is under the radar. What I said preseason was continuity in the back seven, in the defensive back seven, which I think was a great answer. And you've heard me talk, it seems like every week, the opposing host on the crossover previews, they always ask me something about why the Bills defense is so good. And every time I say something along the lines of, well, you've got good players, you've got good coaches, and you have good players and good coaches that have been together for a long time. And how this back seven, you know, back when Trey White was healthy, has basically been intact since 2017, and if they weren't together in 2017, they were all together starting in 2018. But you had Trey White and Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer in 17, and then in 2018 came you know, Levi Wallace and Tremaine Edmonds and, and Taron Johnson. And so there's so much time on task there and consistency with the scheme and coaching that Everybody's seen everything. They know how they're going to play off each other. They've seen all the route combinations. They know how offenses are going to attack them. And so that continuity is massive, right? And we've seen that show up this year. And so 
it was something that was a bit under the radar, and I thought it was a good answer. But my final answer for this year, and this is a talking point that I haven't really gotten into at all this year on the podcast, and I'm glad I have the opportunity to talk about now. My final answer for under the radar is field position. The Bills have done a really good job with field position this year. The average drive for the Bills offense starts at the 32.3-yard line, number one in the NFL. That matters, right? You have to go less distance to be in scoring range, less distance to be in field goal range, less distance to the goal line. The Bills are number three in the NFL in yards per punt return allowed at 6.1. And so we know that Matt Hawk is a frustrating punter, but the Bills do a very good job of covering punts. Number three in the NFL in yards per punt return allowed at 6.1. And they're also number three in the NFL in yards per kick return allowed at 18.3. And so next offseason, when you get the urge to ask me questions about Tyler Medikavich and Taiwan Jones and Andre Smith and all these special teams only players that the Bills continue to roster on a yearly basis. This is the result of that. They're friggin' good at covering kicks and punts. And because of that, they have won the field position battle. And the Bills put a high emphasis on special teams only players. And you're seeing the results of that in the numbers that I just gave you. And this is what Sean McDermott is talking about when he mentions playing complementary football. Those numbers alone don't win you games. But when you combine that with exceptional offense and exceptional defense, you're a tough team to beat. And so when you do a good job of covering kicks and punts and you do a good job of moving the football and scoring points and it's hard for other teams to move the football and score points against you and they have to go further to do it, you're a good football team. And so, yeah, under the radar, my choice is field position based on that data and how we can think about that data and how it applies to football games and the results of the Buffalo Bills. So there you have it, a celebration, a contest, and what I thought was a really fun conversation on 2021 Buffalo Bills superlatives. Now, we really didn't talk about the New York Jets on this podcast today. That's fine. We did plenty of Jets discussion throughout the course of the week. But that is what's on deck for the Buffalo Bills tomorrow. As you know, they win. They are AFC East champions for a consecutive season. And so with that said, the hay is in the barn. We've done all we can on this podcast to get ready for the game. Now it's time for the Bills to go do it and claim the division at home. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast and this week. Enjoy the game. Go Bills. And I look forward to catching up with you again on Monday.